Well, hey, and welcome to Water of Life's online campus. Uh, great to have you here with us today. My name is John. I'll be your campus pastor today. And just want to thank you for being here. I know as we get into a new year and new habits that this is a great thing just to get together, whether you're here in person or whether you're online, just to have church be a part of your regular routine. And so I'm thankful that you're here with us today. And if this is your first time here with us, uh, text the word new here to 818-818. We would love to just be able to greet you and say thanks for coming today. Um, I want to let you know about a couple things that are coming up here at the church. The first is we have a thing called School of Ministry that you may have heard of. It's a two-year program to teach you how to disciple others, how to discover your spiritual gifts, how to minister to people, and is really just an amazing tool for uh, discovering who you are and how you can be effective in this world for God. And so I want to encourage you to check it out. It is a great program, definitely worth the time. And even as things have kind of changed in our world, they've shifted to still be able to offer live online classes that will be amazing for you. And so if you want more information, head over to som.school, and they're also going to be having uh, an informational meeting January 10th. So you can go to somschool.school right now if you want to get that information. Also, uh, back in the fall, I guess it was, we did 40 Days of Prayer, which I thought was a really great series. And during that time, Pastor Dan asked us if we'd be willing to host a small group. And so my wife and I hadn't done that for a while, and so we jumped in and said, hey, we can do this for 40 days, right? And so we finished the 40 days, and at the end of that time, we just didn't want to stop. We had so much fun and really found it to be life-giving and affirming and encouraging to have those friends around us. And so we stayed on through the end of the year, and, and now we're starting back up again in January. We've just found that this is so essential to have this network of people who come around us and pray together and study together and just encourage one another. And so I want to encourage you to consider, during January, we're wanting to build small groups and get more people into small groups. If you've ever considered hosting a small group, I just want to say you can do it. This is something that is not as hard as it may look. You may look at me and say, well, you have a seminary degree or you know, you've been to college, you've been in, in church forever. And those things are true, but really I do believe that almost anyone can lead a small group. They will come around you with coaching and they'll give you curriculum. They'll help you to be able to be equipped to do a, a great small group and to really have that encouragement and that ministry that maybe you've been yearning for. And so if you've ever had an inkling that maybe God's been tapping you on the shoulder and that maybe you should uh, check out being a small group leader, I want to encourage you to text the word FRIENDS to 818-818 and just get more information about it. I think you'll be really glad that you did. And so as we head into today's service, I uh, just want to let you know that if you want to worship with, uh, with your tithes and offerings today, you can always give online at our, at our website, wallupdates.com. That's W-O-L-updates.com. And you can also give with the, Mo the Water of Life mobile app. And any other information you're looking for, any updates, anything you're looking for that's going on with the church, you can always go to wallupdates.com. And uh, at the end of the message, I want to encourage you that we are going to have some more information that you won't want to miss. So stick around uh, just after Pastor Dan's message. So today, one of the things that he talks about as we're in this series on worship, he talks about uh, this really cool concept that I think is an overarching idea for what we're talking about today, but also for the bigger idea of worship. 2 Corinthians 5, uh, verse 6 says, So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. For we live by believing and not by seeing. 
Or you may have heard it said, we live by faith or we walk by faith, not by sight. And so as we head into worship today, just to think about that, that, you know, sometimes you may not see in your life the things that you want to see, the circumstances that you want to see. Uh, but we have this not yet mentality where we go before the Lord in faith, knowing that even if we don't see it yet, we can believe, start to believe things that He has our best interest at heart and He's always good. And so, Father, we come to you today in worship and we say, God, even if we don't see what we want to see yet, God, in, in faith, we know that you are for us, you have good things for us, and we're going to see good things in the future. And so, Lord, as we head into worship, as we head into 2021, we love you and we have faith that you're on our side. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's head into the worship center right now. They're just about to start worship.
it's always better. So help me to trust you. Help our unbelief. Oh, just to know your voice. Just to know your heart. Help us trust you. Help us know you. Draw us close to you. Cause you never let us go. You picked up my broken pieces. Put me back together. You're the potter, I am the clay. What you say, I will obey. Yes, you're making me over. Make us over. Make us over. We want to look like you, Jesus. We want to look like you, Jesus. I want to sound like you, Jesus. Let the world know you live in me, Jesus. access to our hearts right now, today. We thank you that we have access to you. And it is truly the song we sing, let it be the life we live. That our every step, every word, God, it would be about you. We thank you for your presence right here and right now. Wherever we're watching online, God, do something in us, Lord. We don't want to make noise. We want to make a beautiful sound to your ears. So we thank you for your presence. We love you and thank you for what you're gonna do today. It's in your mighty, powerful name we say. Amen, amen, and amen. If you love him today, can you give him one last clap of praise? Amen. We're so glad you are here. You look so good from the eyes and the nose. We can't see your mouth, but you guys are 
looking great. Why don't you turn around and find some people you don't know, wave to them and say, welcome to Water of Life. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you today? If you're online, we want to welcome you. At Upland, we want to welcome you. Across the world, in Townsville, we want to welcome you. All of you in the room, we want to welcome you. It's uh, good to be together, amen? It's always good to be together. We are grateful to be together. Father, we want to come to you right now and just tell you, God, we're grateful to be in your presence. Thank you for this place, this house that you built that we could gather and worship you, God, and thank you for our worship teams. Thank you for hearts yielded to you, God, and thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence in this place. We're just so grateful that you would show up and put up with people like us. We're just glad for you to be crazy about people like us, God. Thank you that you never leave us. Father, your vows are binding to us. God, you grab a hold of our hearts and you never let us go. So we pray that you would come with authority, power, life, Healing, Lord, open us up. Pour new life in us today in the name of Jesus. Everybody said amen, amen, amen. You got a Bible? Turn to uh, Ezekiel chapter 46. We're going to do a little bit of review there. And uh, then walk through some Psalms. And if you haven't been with us, we're in the second week of a series, a four-part series we're going to do on worship. And we're talking about seven Hebrew words that all are translated into the word praise in English. And last week we started by just talking about two little words, uh, yada and halal. And yada literally means to reach towards heaven, go after God, lift your hands, chase after him, reach towards heaven. And halal literally means to celebrate or shout to God. We get our word hallelujah from that, but it means to celebrate the goodness of God. And how many know we're supposed to do that? Yeah, that's like six of you, I'm glad. Way to go, all right, yeah. Um, that was a compelling message last week. I can tell it changed your life, so I'm playing with you. No, really, we're supposed to chase after God and celebrate the goodness of God, and, and sometimes that's hard for us. We talked about this last week, you know, that when, when, when you're talk, talking about raising your hands and boasting of the greatness of God is that a lot of us are like, wow, I can't go there. That just totally freaks me out. You know, the thought of being demonstrative, lifting my hands, moving, whoo, that would just blow me up. And so we talked about refreshment last week and how God wants you to come into worship and get refreshed. He wants you to get put back together. He wants you to get healed and restored and redeemed. Then in Ezekiel, chapter 46, there's a little picture. And we said this last week that the Old Testament is just a shadow of the New Testament. But in this picture, this shadow picture of Ezekiel 46, it's a very prophetic picture. In verse 9, it talks about coming into the temple to worship. And it says in verse 9, but when the people of the land come before the Lord at the appointed feast, the one who enters by the north gate to worship shall go out by the south gate. <clears throat> and the one who enters by the south gate shall go out by the north gate, even if their donkey is parked at the south gate. Okay, yeah. And so it says, no one shall return by the gate by which they entered. They shall go out the other way. 
And when they go in, this is really important part, when they go in, the prince shall go in among them, and when they go out, the prince shall go out among them. What is that talking about? That's Jesus, friends. That's a prophetic picture of Jesus. It's a picture of, of you coming into worship one way and going out another way. And you come in broken, hurting, you go out healed and hopeful. So the picture is you should not enter into the presence of God in worship and go away the same way. But, but, but we said last week, unfortunately, that's not true for some of us. You know, some of us, we come in and we go out and we're like, man, I sang the songs, nothing happened. <laughs> you know, because you didn't open up. Yeah, but pastor, I came in and I'm in a chair, you know. Well, but that's not enough. You've got to learn to open your, 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 your spirit up to the Lord. You've got to give invitation to the Holy Spirit to touch you. Now, I want to explain that to you today and show that to you, but this is about a spirit-filled journey. This is about a supernatural journey of allowing the presence of God to move on you, in you, and through you. So some of us, we don't enter much into worship, and we talked about that last week. We say things like this, I came to get fed by the Word. Well, that's wonderful. I said that to you last week. But you got to understand what the Word teaches, that you should be a worshiper of God. And that if you're really in the Word, you're going to be a worshiper because the Holy Spirit wrote the Word. And the Holy Spirit wants you to be a worshiper of your Father. And so the reality is, is that when you talk about that, and you say, look, I'm just into the Word. Let me help you with that. As I covered this last week, but this is so important for some of you. If you just chase after the Word of God without moving with the Spirit of God, you're going to become a legalist. The Word of God was never meant just to be a written Word. It's supposed to be a living Word. And it only becomes living through the power of the Spirit. And so you don't need just the Word. You need just the Word and the Spirit. The Word without the Spirit will turn you into a legalist. The Spirit without the Word will turn you into a fanatic. No boundaries. And Paul wrote about that in, in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. He talked over and over about using gifts without boundaries and hurting people. But the reality is if you have the Word and the Spirit, you can move with great power and authority in places that other people don't even understand. So that is supposed to be the picture, friends. Part of that is worship. A huge part of that is worship. And so what I want to do with you today is start off, we said last week, Ezekiel 46 is a shadow of the New Testament. But let's read something out of the New Testament today that Paul wrote in his letter to Ephesus in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5. Verses 17, 18, 19, and 20. If you're online, you're here. Let's read it loud. Let's read it together. It says, So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with what? Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, and singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. So, 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 hold it. There's so much in that little package right there. We could teach that for a week, honestly. But we're not going to do that today. We're just going to fly over. We're just going to take a look at it, and I want to explain it to you because it's, it's what we're going to study in the Old Testament today. So let's start up here. What's the context? I was hoping you would ask that. The context is Acts chapter 2. You remember what happened in Acts chapter 2? Nobody? <laughs> what, what happened in Acts chapter 2? Pentecost, okay? So the Spirit of God fell on the church in Acts chapter 2. 
That is the reference point that Paul's referring to right here when he says this, do not be drunk with wine because what happened when the Spirit of God fell on the church in Acts? What did the people around them all say? They said, you all been drinking today, early. You got up early and started getting drunk early. And, Paul, uh, and Peter said, no, 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 that is not what happened here. Peter said, that we, we haven't been drinking. We have been opening up to the presence of the Spirit of God and the Spirit of God has fallen upon us. Is that what happened? But he said, so we're not drunk, but we are filled. Now here, here's what Paul says in Ephesus. He says, listen, do not get drunk with wine, Acts chapter two, but be what? Filled what? Come on, help me, be what? Now here's the truth, some of us, that's like so far out of your zone, you're like, I don't even know what that means. Well, it means opening up to the presence of God and inviting the Spirit of God to work in you and move through you. So is that come with all kinds of different thoughts? Yeah, because it's supernatural. It is a very supernatural experience. If you are spirit-filled, and if you're moving in the spirit, God will speak to you supernaturally. Now, some of you are like, that's so far out of my zone, Pastor Dan. I don't think like that, I don't act like that, I don't move like that. Listen, that's okay. You gotta get that, that's okay. That's not an issue. Here's the issue. Just grow with God and open up. Just learn to open up. Don't be afraid. Jesus is crazy about you. Do you trust Jesus or not? Hello, yes or no? Okay, so we're talking about the spirit of Jesus here. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of Jesus. So you gotta get that. So if Jesus is good for you, the spirit of God is good for you. Do you understand? And so you need to not be afraid. Well, I've been taught to be afraid of the spirit of God. Don't be afraid of this Holy Spirit. Now, if you say this, yeah, but Pastor Dan, I watch all these people do weird things and they call it the Holy Spirit. Listen, let me help you with something. People are strange, okay? Jim Morrison, he was this famous theologian, he sang a song about that a long time ago. I'm playing with you. Some of you are like, wow, that must have been way old because I have never heard that song. Okay, but, 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 but listen, people do weird things and they react in weird ways to God sometimes. That's okay, just let it go. Just let it go. The Bible doesn't put any economy on that. You, you don't have to like act like somebody else. What you do need to learn is to open up to Jesus. You just open up to the Spirit of God so that this presence of God can move on you. Jesus said you should have rivers of what? Living water, water flows you. That's a picture of the Holy Spirit. I mean, some of y'all are like, I could use that, man. It's dry and dead in there. Well, you gotta open up. So you come to church, you open up. You sit down and you open up. Now listen to what Paul said. He said, don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And when that happens, watch what's gonna happen. You will speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You will sing and make melody with your heart to the Lord. <gasps> Some of you are like, not me, Pastor Dan, I can't sing. No, 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 listen, I can't sing either, but I can make a melody. You know, just noise to Jesus, he loves that. You know, you don't have to be able to carry a tune, even if you don't have a bucket, you can still be okay. You know, just, just go after God. It's your heart Jesus is after, not your voice. Do you understand what I'm saying? But your voice and your person is part of your worship. We talked about that last week. Your body and learning to release yourself and be demonstrative with God is part of your worship. So, so hold, hold it, this is the order this comes in. It says authentic worship should be spirit-filled. And then something will flow out of that. Psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, make melody in, the, in your heart to the Lord, and you will be a person who is grateful. Thanksgiving will flow out of your life. The, those are the two words we're gonna study today in Hebrew. The word that has to do with singing, making melody to the Lord, and giving thanks. 
Those two little words, very important words, zamar and tudah. Very important little Hebrew words that talk about how you go after God with your worship. So here's a question for you. Can you even worship properly if you are not spirit-filled? Some of you are like, oh, you're gonna offend me in a second. No, I don't wanna offend you, I wanna challenge you to think. Because Paul says be filled with the Spirit and then what? And then worship. Be filled with the Spirit and then worship. So here's a question for you. Is everybody filled with the Spirit all the time? No. It's not, I mean clearly in Scripture, if you go to Acts chapter seven, you go to different texts, you can see clearly that you know, the, the admonition was, you know, go find some people that are filled with the Spirit. They walk and live out of the Spirit. But friends, the truth is we all move in the Spirit at times. At least some of us do. Some don't. Some choose not to go there. But we also move back into ourselves sometimes and we have to yield again to God. Is that right? I mean, that's reality. But the goal here is to be Spirit-filled and Spirit-led. That means you've got to open to the presence of what? of God, to the Holy Spirit. So, 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 so let's start down here and think like this. Much of worship pivots and revolves around songs and music, according to Acts, or, or, or Ephesians chapter five. You know, it, it pivots around songs and music, but not all of it does, that's important. Sometimes people will say this, well worship is singing. No, worship is singing and worship is being baptized. Worship is communion. Worship is prayer. Worship is serving other people in Jesus' name. All of these things are points of worship. Worship is giving and being generous. All of these things are pictures of worship. And by the way, when I say that, I need to stop just for a moment. I'd be amiss to run past this and not stop and say, thank you, thank you, thank you for being a generous group of people. For how much, I, I, I just got a book signed by another pastor that he wrote a book about his COVID experience this last year and how bad it was, and in the front of the book, he just said, we wept in our house when we received a check from Water of Life that sustained us during our time sick with COVID. And that was your generosity, that your COVID money that you gave, I think we gave his family $4,000, and, and he said, we just wept when we received the check. We couldn't believe you would do that for us. And I didn't do that, you did that. So I just need to say thank you, Thank you, thank you for being so generous. Incredible people. I mean, we gave away nearly $2 million last year, okay? So get your head around that. I mean, that, that's amazing. I mean, this is a guy, you gotta remember, this is a guy, I started with a coffee can in, in a Bible study. So, you know, people would put their dollar bills in the coffee can, and we gave away $2 million this year because of your generosity. It's just, it's just I'm astounded, always blown up, shocked. And by the way, just saying that, I wanna encourage you, if you are getting your COVID relief fund and you don't need it, there are other people around the world who still do. They're starving right now. All over the world, we get phone calls every single week. We fed people in Africa this year. We fed people in Asia this year. We fed people in South America this year, in Cuba this year. Somebody just said to me today, hey, you remember that you sent a container of rice to Cuba the other day? I actually forgot. I said, oh, that's awesome. I gotta remember that, that we sent a container of rice to Cuba. That, that is your generosity. So if that COVID money comes in and you really don't need it, remember other people around the world to do. Now watch this. So when we're talking about, we're talking about worship. Worship has to do with your whole person. It has to do with your voice, your hands, your feet, 
your body, your heart, your soul, your mind. Now, remember Mark chapter 12, verse 30? Jesus said this, you shall love the Lord your God with a little bit of your heart. <laughs> wow, you guys been reading your Bible, huh? What did he say? You should love the God with what? All. Now, that's just three letters, but that's huge, isn't it? All is big. That's everything, right? So that would mean everything is encompassed in your worship. You should love the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul, that's your mind, your will, your emotions, all your mind and all of your strength, your body, your person. You should love God with everything you have. That's what Jesus said. So that is certainly includes songs and music. So these two words we're gonna talk about today, here's the first one. You got a Bible, an iPad, a phone. You look at Psalm 144, verse nine. Psalm 144, verse nine says this. I will sing a new song to you, O God. On a harp of 10 strings, I will sing praises to you. Now this word is zamar. Zamar literally means to make music, to sing or play and pluck a musical instrument. I will sing, here's what it literally says in Psalm 144 verse nine. I will sing a new song to you, O God. On a harp of 10 strings, I will make, make music to you. I'll make music to you. So, 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 hold it. Make music to you. So here's a question for you. Can music, I'm talking about instruments, can instruments make worship to God? Yes or no? Very clearly here, yes. Instruments can make, can make worship to God. If the person who's playing the instrument is worshipful and led by the Spirit. I mean, literally, this says that instruments can be prophetic. They can speak to you if you are listening. So, so and some of you are gonna go like, ah, I don't like that, I don't get that. Well, I'll show it to you in the Bible in just a second, hang on. But watch this, because the reality is this, God moves through music. That is not an accident, that was part of God's design of the universe. Just think like this, Start, just back yourself up and go like this. Where did music come from? I mean, what happens when somebody beats a drum or makes a tune and it catches you? Where, where did that come from? Was that an accident? Hello? There's no accident. Where did the notes come from? And the minor notes and the high notes and the, where, that was all God's idea. The way that God ties music into your soul and your person, your spirit, was all supernatural, friends. So I've said this a lot of times over the years. All music worships something. It does. Now some of you might go, well, I don't agree with that. Uh, let me help you with something. There was a guy in heaven in Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 11 to 18, if you wanna do a little study here, and you gotta go into the Hebrew and read it. Some of your Bibles will translate it, but his name was Lucifer. You ever heard of that? He was the first worship leader ever created. Lucifer, apparently according to Ezekiel 28, led worship in heaven. The Bible says that when God cast Lucifer out of heaven because he raised up his heart against God, he said he cast him out with his timbrels and his tambourines. He literally, it speaks of him having music and being cast down to the earth. So that's why the devil always has all the good music. No, I'm joking, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. No, 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 but there's something very supernatural here. You don't wanna miss that part, because I'm not joking about that. There is very, very, very supernatural things that happen with music. Think like this. 
when you, when you listen to music, is there ever times when you listen to music it just calms your spirit? Is that an accident? No. That was intended by God. That, that music would go inside of people and touch people. It refreshes, restores, moves because God intended it to. Now you got your Bible, your iPad, your phone. Turn to 1 Samuel chapter 16. Let me show you a picture here of how music works supernaturally. Now if you don't know where 1 Samuel is, just turn all the way to the left. You get way back near the beginning of your Bible. You'll find Judges, Joshua. You'll find 1 and 2 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 16. There's a picture of a king named Saul and a little boy who was a worship leader named what? David. David, he played a harp, okay? He played a harp. And this guy named Saul, he has some serious issues. He actually has walked away from the Lord, and so the Lord withdrew his presence from him. Now, good news for you and me, that doesn't happen in the New Testament. So the Holy Spirit will never be taken away from you once he's sealed you into his presence. Does that make sense? But in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God would touch people and then leave people. That's what happened in this story. So it says in verse 14, 1 Samuel 16, now the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and an evil spirit from the Lord terrorized him. And when Saul's servants saw that, they said, dude, this is bad. An evil spirit from God is terrorizing you. Literally what happened, God just removed himself. Satan does the rest because he's always ready to terrorize us. So here, there's a whole teaching here I can't go into, but let me go down to verse 17. Saul says in verse 17 to his servants, provide for me a person, a man who can play well and bring him back to me. Because they said in verse 16, listen, you need somebody skillful on the harp that will come and play for you and the evil spirit will leave when they play for you. And so he says, so go get somebody. And they said, hey, in verse 18, there's this guy, the son of Jesse. Uh, he's a son of Jesse, he's a very skillful musician and we ought to go get him. So it says in verse 19, Saul sent messengers and said, I want your son to come. Verse 22, Jesse sends his son, said, let David now stand before me, for he has found favor in my sight. Watch this now, verse 23. So it came about when the evil spirit from God came upon Saul, David would take the harp and play it with his hand, and Saul would be refreshed and be well, and the evil spirit would depart from him. Okay, ho hold it. Literally, when David would worship, the demonic presence would leave. Friends, you gotta get the picture. It's supernatural. There's something supernatural happening here. The music that he played drove back darkness. Do you get that? You, you gotta figure this out because some of you really need this in your journey right now. That music can drive back darkness. Music is a conduit for the presence of God to flow through it's intended to open up heaven and let the presence of God come and calm your fears, relieve your anxieties, touch your heart, soften your hard heart, soften my hard heart, soothe my mind, remove my anxiety, and like the song said that we sang a few minutes ago, start putting the pieces back together again. Anybody need that? I, I mean, we all come in here like, oh, I need a breath of fresh air. No, you need Jesus. You need the Spirit of God to breathe fresh upon you. And that comes through worship. It's all very supernatural. It opens a door into the spiritual realm. When you come and open up to God, the Spirit of God will come and open up to you. Now, figure this out. 
You come to church sometimes and you are not excited to be here. Is that right or not? You just drag yourself in and you're like, I'm angry, I hate my life, don't like my wife, my wife doesn't like me, don't like my dog even. And you know, you just, you got issues. Come on, we all come in here sometimes with issues. Is that right or not? And, and, and when you sit down, you think like this, I'm in no place to worship right now. No, 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 actually you are if you open up to God. I figured this out a long time ago when I was super, super fractured. I hated my life. I was so angry at God about the disappointment I felt inside. I was angry at my wife. I was angry at, at everything that was going on in my journey, but I figured this out. Every Sunday night, I would get in the car, drive to the vineyard in Anaheim, sit in the back, and just put my head down. I never stood up, raised my hands, worshiped. I never did anything like that. I just put my head down and sat and let them sing over me. And as they began to worship, something supernatural would begin to happen inside of me. I would start to soften inside, and I would start to cry out to God and say, would you please help me? I'm desperate, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, I'm bad, this is bad. I need healing, I need help. Would you help me? And how many of you know God will always help you when you cry out to him? He always will come to help you. For one year, I just sat in the back with my head down. Inevitably, halfway through the service, tears would be running down my face, and I'd be like, what is going on here? What are you doing? Why does this happen every single week I come here? And you know what the answer was? That song that you sang. God was picking up all these fractured pieces and restoring my soul. He was healing me, renewing me. Jesus put it this way. Jesus said you need a new wineskin so you can receive new wine. I needed healing inside. Some of you are desperate right now. You need healing inside. Friends, you need to come in and open up. You need to come in one gate and go out another gate. You need to come in, you don't have to be demonstrative, you don't have to raise your hand, you just need to bow your heart and say, God help me. And then once God heals you, then you start reaching for heaven and shouting thanksgiving to God. When God starts to move in you and put you back together. Friends, I sat for a year, a year of just brokenness until God began to restore me. That is the picture here. Now watch this, because this is in the Bible, friends. Some of you are sitting there going, I, I don't think so, no, 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 listen. Just think like this. Is life a battle? Okay, I'm gonna ask it again. Is life a battle? It's hard. Music has always been part of warfare. Throughout time and history, you go back to the Scottish people playing bagpipes, you go back to people playing trumpets. You go back to the Old Testament. You, listen, just historically, music has always been part of warfare for a reason. Because God flows through instruments and he flows through singing and he flows through music. There's a story in 2 Kings chapter three, verse 15. Very, very important story. There's a prophet named Elisha. See, Israel's about ready to be overrun by the Philistines. And so they're about ready to get trampled by these other countries, and they're desperate. 
So this is looking really bad for them. And they say, is there anybody who can help us? They go, yeah, there's this prophet, his name Elisha. He can help you. Okay, so they call the prophet Elisha, and he comes to their rescue. And the prophet Elisha sends for a musician. (laughs) Okay, let me read it to you. It says, verse 15 of 2 Kings 3, then Elisha said, send for somebody who can play the harp. Now, just kind of think like this. If you were surrounded by tanks and they were coming over the hill, would you ask for somebody to come and play a harp? I'm sorry, but I would not be thinking about playing a harp. I'd be thinking, I need somebody that has a bigger tank than those tanks. Wouldn't that be how you were thinking? I mean, that's just human nature. And, And here's Elisha. Elisha says this, send for somebody who can play the harp. So the harpist came, this is this word that we're studying right now. The harpist came and began to play and the Lord gave Elisha a message for Jehoshaphat, Joram. God, hold it. When did God speak? In the middle of the battle, when did God speak? When the worship started to happen. Friends, you gotta figure this out. A lot of times when you're struggling, and in life is hard and it's a battle and you feel beat up and beat down, you just need to come in and bow your heart and your head and open up. Holy Spirit, please come to me. I I wanna worship you, I'm struggling. Listen, during the time when people start singing over you, God will speak and you need to listen. This is when the word of the Lord came to Elisha. It's in the Bible. God speaks in the middle of the battle through worship. Listen to David. David experienced the same thing when he was running from King Saul, hiding in caves. Uh, There's a whole army behind him. And so he's like running for his life, right? Listen to him, Psalm 57. My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise to you. I will sing and zomar. I will will make music to you with my life. I will make music to you. When? Whenever I'm being run down in the battle. That's how God sustained him when he ran for his life. Some of you need to figure this out right now, man. That's what God wants to do for you. God will sustain. You're like, I'm running for my life. I can barely stay a step ahead. You know, I'm getting run down. I feel run over. Listen, you need to open up and worship. And God will sustain you. That's what the Bible teaches. Songs prepare you for the battle of life, as well as studying the Word of God. That's why we always sing before we study, so that our hearts can get soft, our minds can get open, our spirit can receive. See, songs carry our hearts to the throne of God, and they bring the throne of God and His presence to your heart. That's what worship, real worship is supposed to do. But, but, but many of us, we don't get that. We're just like, I, I, I don't believe that, I don't. Let me help you with something. Some of the greatest musicians of all time understood music was supernatural. There was this guy, his name was Bach. You ever heard of him? Okay, one of the greatest musician songwriters in history. Is that right or not? Okay, two people over here are like, I did music theory at Mount Sac, Pastor Dan, I know that. Now, what about the rest of you? Anybody heard about Bach? Listen to what Bach used to say. Bach literally wrote the initials SDG on many of the the pieces that he wrote. SDG, Soli Deo Gloria. 
Glory to God alone. What? Yeah, they don't teach you that in music theory, do they? That Bach actually understood this. The things that he got that were supernatural, the music, it came from the heart of God. It was supernatural. He would write on his music, glory to God alone. Friends, some of you need to figure this out. Music is supernatural. It can change your destiny if you open up and let it. So, so, so watch, the second word, zamar, is worship, singing, instruments playing, all of that prophetic God speaking. The second word is tuda. Last week we studied a word called yada. Yada means a reach towards heaven. Tuda means the same thing, but with thanksgiving. Move towards God with a thankful heart or thank offering. Have you ever heard somebody say, let's give God a thank offering? Uh, uh, you know, I, I, the first time I ever heard that, I thought, what? That's weird. You know, I, I didn't grow up in a Christian tradition where people gave God a thank offering. I, I didn't even know what a thank offering was. It's in the Bible. It's this little word right here that we're talking about. It is this word, tuda. Psalm 56, 11. In God, I have put my trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? This is David speaking. David was actually a captive at this point. He was captured by the Philistines. He's a prisoner. <laughs> He's a prisoner and he says this, what can man do to me? Well, let's see, they could chop your head off. They could, you know, burn you at the stake. What, but listen to what David says. David says this, in God I have put my trust, I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Vows made to you are binding upon me, O God. I will render praises to you. Here's what David just said. I will render a thank offering to you. Now, now, please don't miss this. He's talking about the future. It hasn't happened yet. He's still a prisoner, but he says this. I thank you, God, because you have bound yourself to me, and because of that, I know you're going to rescue me. Some of you need to figure this out, friends. You live in despair all the time. You don't believe that God is gonna rescue you. You, kill, you. The thought of giving God a thank offering, no way, never gonna happen. Your thought is, listen, I'm just gonna grumble my way to heaven. Have you read the Bible, what happens to people who grumble? Hello? Anybody read those stories? That was when the earth opened up and ate the people. Grumbling is not life-giving, but so often we live there. We don't understand what it means to give a thank offering ahead of time. If our circumstances are not looking good, we just get mad. I do, I know a lot of you do. We just get frustrated with God. We just give up and we lose hope. Friends, you've gotta figure this out. Don't give up because God's promises are binding to you. God cannot lie when he says, I will complete the good work I began in you. It doesn't feel like it, I can't see it. I don't even have a job, I'll take care of your job. I don't, my marriage is a mess, I'll take care of your marriage. Would you offer thanksgiving to me before I do? Would you do like David, would you be able to say, the vows made to me are binding, made, the vows that you made to me are binding upon me, O oh God, and I will render a thank offering to you for it. 
And most of us think like this, a thank offering, that, that, that's, that's just weird, you know? But, but, but here's the deal, it's not weird, it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible, the word literally, tuda means a thanksgiving, confession, a song of thanksgiving. It means quit grumbling in the middle of the battle and start believing. It means reach towards God with a grateful heart. Literally, go after God with a grateful heart. Even though your circumstances look bad, believe God to do something good. Now let me help you with this. The place I learn more about this than anywhere else is when I'm with poor people. It changes my life. You go to a place like last, last February, I was so glad this happened. Last February, I, I went to Mount Kilimanjaro in Africa with several people here from the church and we hiked Mount Kilimanjaro. And when we were done in Tanzania, we went across the border to Kenya to our, the school that we help support, we help build, and the children that we feed there at Joy Springs. And a lot of you have gone to Kenya and you've been to Joy Springs before, but Charles and Rose, they run the ministry at Joy Springs. And so we went there to worship with them on a weekend. We support them. The well that we drilled in the church is just north of where they're at in Kenya from one of the pastors that they sent out to plant a church. So we're way involved with these people. Now, now kind of get this picture in your head. You go to Joy Springs, it's called Joy Springs, okay? This is like, if you went there, you go, this is like Unjoy Springs. This is like the second largest slum in the world. So if you've been to India, you might have seen slums larger than this, but if you've not been to India, you've never seen anything like this. So I was up in a second, third story building once. There was this wooden building that was like ready to topple over. But I was up in the top of it, and I'm looking across the Cabrera slums. As far as I could see was this huge, dark slum. When you walk down the street, the, the, the streets are, are all dirt. They're crowded. The people are poor. They're poor. Now, last year, they had a picture on a lot of the news channels in, in America. Whenever they brought a food truck into, into the Cabrera slums, it was right next to our school in Joy Springs, and they started unloading food, and there was a riot there. You may have seen that. That was right next to our school. I was texting, emailing uh, Charles Rosa, and then I called them, and they're like, it's right over the wall, Pastor. They're like burning the place down, fighting for food. It's crazy. Now, the good news was we were able to pay the school teachers there. We were able to feed the kids there, again, because of your generosity. But now, now think like this. If you're there, in Cabrera slums, how thankful are you? I mean, what do you think worship would look like in the Cabrera slums? Watch, I'll show you what worship looks like in the Cabrera slums, 30 seconds, watch this. So, so, so. <laughs> does that look like people who are lamenting being poor? It doesn't, does it? And it's something like this. No, no, listen. You can, Jesus said this. It doesn't take money to make people happy. But you've got to open up to God. 
These are people, friends, that are giving thanks before they get the blessing. And it's a life-changing experience. It always is amazing when you go there because you see worship packed full of thanksgiving, singing, dancing, shouting, from what? Grateful hearts. People are like, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you, God, and you're, you're sitting there from America and you're like, oh man, I'm dying. I'm embarrassed. I'm like, Lord, teach me to have a spiritually rich heart. Teach me to worship you even when I don't have a job. Teach me to love you and thank you even when my marriage isn't going well. Teach me to believe beyond my situation that your promises are binding to me. Teach me, God, that you're greater than my situation, my circumstance, or my discouragement, God. Teach me these things. I need to learn this. Friends, we need to learn how to worship like this. Thankful hearts, hearts stirred with faith and hope, believing for something better before you have it. Thanking God for more before it happens. Beforehand, that's the word, tudah. Beforehand, a offering of thanks beforehand. A thank offering before the breakthrough. Anticipating God delivering you like David did in Psalm 56. Even when he was captured, in God I put my trust, I will not be afraid. What can people do to me? Vows, listen to this, vows made to you are binding upon me. I will render thank you, thanksgiving to you because you will never let me go. Listen, God has made all kinds of promises to you, church, that are binding to you, vows made to you that he cannot break. You've got to take a hold of those things when you're discouraged. When things are not going your way, you've got to say, Lord, listen, help me to believe and help me to be thankful before it happens. Friends, the Bible says you should live by faith, not by what? By sight. You've got to believe this, friends. You've heard people say, whew, I don't think you should do that. Well, I'll tell you, the Bible says we should give thanks. We should reach for God with grateful hearts. So here's a question for you. Have you given thanks yet for your marriage that's still fractured? For your kids that have wandered away? For the job that you don't have? For the money that you really need? Have you given thanks for God, for the healing that you're praying will come and hasn't come yet? Because friends, it's in the Bible. People that are worshipers are people that are grateful. Remember what Paul said. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your heart. People that are worshipers are people that are grateful. A.W. Tozer said this, true worship, that's Holy Spirit-led worship, open it up to God, let the Spirit of God in your journey. True worship that is pleasing to God creates within the human heart a spirit of expectation and an insatiable longing for God. True worship will draw you into the presence of God even if you're broken, even if you're angry, even if you're hurting. Friends, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, we walk by faith, not by what? Sight. You gotta believe before you get released. You gotta take hold before you get a breakthrough. Faith, take holds, faith it takes hold of the future. And some of you are like, I can't do that, Pastor. Listen, sit down and open up. Holy Spirit, help me to believe. I can't see a way out of the darkness. I don't have any hope. Help me to believe. Stand with me right now, would you, and bow your heads. True worship that is pleasing to God creates within the human heart 
a spirit of expectation and an insatiable longing. Father, we know this, you want us to reach towards you. Physically with our hands, spiritually with our hearts. God, you want us to open up. Holy Spirit, you want us to give you invitation to rummage around in the darkness, in the brokenness, in the unbelief. You want us to invite you in the journey and then let the music wash over us as you speak to us. And then God, for those of us who can, we need to stand up and say thank you for what I can't see. Thank you for the, the blessings that are bound to me because of your great love for me. That you're crazy about me even though I'm just crazy. That you love me even though I don't feel it. That you have a job for me even when I, I don't have it. That you're gonna take care of my finances and my children. You're gonna take care of my health and my marriage. So I thank you, Father, that you never lose touch with us, God. Teach us, Holy Spirit, to be worshipers. That sing, make melody, and then reach towards you with grateful hearts. Thank you, Lord. Let's worship together.
Father, we're so grateful that the vows you've made to us are binding upon us, God. You can't let us go. Even when we want to get out of your hand, Father, you can't let us go. Thank you, God, that you've made promises to his Holy Spirit that you would come, heal us, redeem us, renew us, fulfill the promises of God that you'd never leave us or forsake us. Whatever prison we find ourselves in, whatever trapped place, that you said, listen, I got this. Just worship me, come to me, trust me. Father, thank you that in Acts 16, when Paul and Silas were in prison, the first thing they did is sing to you. It broke their bondage, God, and released them. Thank you that there's something so supernatural about singing and worship and thanksgiving and reaching towards your presence that you, Holy Spirit, are unleashed that music makes a pipeline for your presence to flow in us and through us. So we ask you, Father, this week, cause us to have deep times of worship when we're alone with you. Cause us to chase after you, God, and raise our faith level, Father. We would believe before we receive in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen, 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 amen. God bless you. God bless you. All right, well, I don't know about you. I love being able to just worship and talk about it and learn more about it. What a great message and what a great time of ending in worship uh, together with the team. And so I hope you were able to worship at home, distraction-free, and really be able to, you know, sing out loud and lift up your arms and really reflect on what Pastor Dan said. And I want to encourage you with a couple of things before uh, you head out into your week that I think will be great for us as we talk about this idea of worship. And the first is um, that, that passage that I referenced before and that Pastor Dan talked about, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, that we walk by faith and not by sight. And as you reflect on that, think about Think about that, that message as it pertains to worship. And, and just, I would encourage you just to go to the Holy Spirit right now and say, God, what would it mean for me to walk by faith and not by sight? What are areas where I'm walking too much by what I see and perceive, not based on your promises, not based on what you've told me or what I've read in your word? And so I would just encourage you right now, stop and go to the Holy Spirit with that question. And then as a uh, response, I would encourage you to, to reach toward God with a thankful heart, believing for what you can't see or what you haven't already seen. And then as you come to God this week, um, praise Him through Zamar, making music or singing. And maybe that just means uh, waking up in the morning and putting on, your, putting on your phone one of your favorite songs. And Todoth, giving thanks for things that maybe you haven't seen as you worship this week. That song that we just sang, Yes, I Will, it's just that, it's that idea of, of affirming something that maybe you haven't seen. You know, I will give you praise even in the lowest valley. And some of you may be experiencing some of those valleys right now. And so you haven't seen something yet, but you can still worship Him. You can still praise Him. And so, as always, if you'd like prayer and you're on one of our... Um, one of our formats that allows for prayer, just reach out uh, and, and hit that request prayer button. Uh, your, your online pastors will reach out to you right now and let you know how you can do that. Or if you don't have that functionality right now, you can always call into the church during the week and we'd love to pray with you. We'd love to encourage you and help you with any next steps you might have. And if you're looking for more information, you can always go to walluptdates.com to find out more about what's going on at the church. And so just wanted to encourage you uh, to stay in an attitude of worship this week as you head into whatever it is that you're going to encounter. God bless you, and we'll see you next Sunday.